Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Uncommon Sense. This is a podcast where we discuss our American heritage in fun and hilarious ways and in such a way that is irreverent enough to make your patriotic uncle clutch his pearls, but hopefully informative. Uh, my name is Aime, and I once kissed a feral dog in France. I'm Jerry, and I knitted a scarf the other day. Uh huh. All right, JT, on to you. <laughs> you guys, I wish people could see Jerry's face when he said that. It was such a, it was such a content, like self-satisfied, like happy face <laughs> about knitting a scarf. Who knows if it's true? Who knows? Uh, my name is JT, and uh, I've passed three kidney stones in my life. Oh, okay. Well, are we lying or telling the truth? You will have to listen to the entire podcast and find out when we reveal all of our secrets at the end. Today we have a lot of stuff to talk about. Motherfucker! That's right. So, it's been a pretty fast news cycle these past couple of weeks. There's a lot of historical things going on. Um, Last episode, we discussed where we were at with the insurrection, the attempted insurrection, I should say, in Washington, D.C. on January 6th, where a lot of Trump supporters stormed the Capitol. And then more recently, Donald Trump has made history yet again. He is the first president in all of America's history to have been impeached twice. He's go for two. Uh, he is also the only president that has lost the popular vote twice, and he uh, is the only single term impeached twice president to have done that. Well, I, I mean, he's very unique in a lot of ways, is what I'm trying to say. So Unique is not good, by the way. Not always. I don't say unique, you know, with exclusively a positive connotation. Uh, other, just, no, I'm not, I'm not saying for you, I'm just for the viewers. That, um, yes, definitely. Yes. Thank you for clarifying the, the audio viewers. The, yes. Um, also today on a more positive note is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And that is, I think we definitely need to acknowledge that because there's never been a time, I don't think, since the 1960s that the issue of racial tensions in this country have been as widely discussed <laughs> and as turbulently at the forefront of sociopolitics. Uh, I, my initial idea was to talk about the civil rights movement today, and I think we should do that at some point, but I think we're going to put it on the shelf momentarily just because we had an episode about the 60s um shortly ago um and i just kind of want to move out of that decade so and also because i am fuzzy brained and i didn't even know that today was monday i thought it was sunday so i thought i had an extra day i don't have enough pre-knowledge about the civil rights movement to comfortably be able to wing it so i want to be well researched and well informed when we do approach that topic so we're going to suspend it we will talk about it but uh today i think actually to talk about something that's relevant to what's going on right now impeachments is an interesting subject so if if i could just real quick i wasn't here last week i didn't get to talk about the um the insurrection if yeah. you will the event at the capitol yeah. um if i could just take a moment and maybe you guys mentioned this i hadn't had the opportunity to listen to it um we as a nation spend $750 billion annually on defense and couldn't defend our own nation's capital. And for that reason, everybody should take their stimulus money that they receive, uh, hopefully in the next couple months, be it a, a, a one-time thing or a monthly thing. Bless you, uh, uh, Kamala Harris, for, for even uh, thinking that that would be a thing that could happen. I hope to God it does. And leave. <laughs> and leave. Get out. Spite your you country know. and leave. That is all. That's everything. Well, I was that say. was that a message to the insurrectionists? That was a mess. No, that was a message to everybody. Get out. Oh, just Save get out yourself. while you can. Oh goodness gracious. Oh, help yourself. Well, that definitely is a big part of the conversation in terms of the double standard. A lot of people observe between the way the Capitol Police reacted versus the police in principally Portland and other major cities that were see were uh experiencing 
violence and rioting in conjunction with the BLM movement over the summer. A lot of people were pointing out how, uh, I don't know if you guys saw this, but there were pictures and videos of the police ushering in the rioters, let alone, you know, actually goading them on the premises rather than doing their job and repelling them. And there were instances of police officers taking selfies with some of the insurrectionists. And this kind of behavior, needless to say, could not be more starkly contrasted to the ways in which supporters of Antifa and BLM were treated as peaceful protesters. I'm, I'm talking about as peaceful protesters, let alone the violent in the, the violent demonstrations, but there were took hours for tear gas and more extreme measures to be used against the Washington insurrectionists, and those things were used on the onset excessively towards peaceful protesters in major cities a few months ago. So uh, a lot of people, you know, are taking this as a corroboration that the United States police system does not enforce the rules fairly and i think that there's enough empirical evidence to suggest that that is a truthful evaluation but that's just me i'm not speaking on behalf of either of my co-hosts but i i am not shy uh, enough i'm not i'm not uh, too timid as to state plainly that that's the side that i sit on but in any case, um, you know, to link the very turbulent current events with historical precedents, uh, I kind of wanted to discuss the other instances in American history where presidents went under impeachment. Um, this is very alarming and interesting to me that Donald Trump has gotten officially impeached for the second time and will be put on trial in the Senate in the foreseeable future. I don't think anybody's quite sure about when that's going to happen. But I think this is a good opportunity to talk about impeachment and what it means and how it works and what the consequences are. And there have been two other instances of presidential impeachments in American history that we can talk about. So uh, we're going to go back in and we're going to go over some of those things. You guys good with that? You ready? Woohoo. <laughs> Thank you. That was in, in a very enthusiastic woohoo. Sorry. <laughs> uh, well, the first president that has ever been impeached in America. Do you guys know who that was? Oh, hmm. I'm take a shot in the dark and say it was Nixon. It was not Nixon. Shot uh, in the dark. <laughs> you tried. And Richard Nixon was not impeached, to be clear. He would he, he most certainly would have been if he remained president, but he resigned explicitly to avoid impeachment and convict conviction. And then uh, his vice president also resigned, and then Speaker of the House Gerald Ford ascended to the presidency and then pardoned everybody involved in the Watergate scandal so that he wouldn't be distracted by that prosecution. And he, it, it was not a popular decision. But that that's what happened with Richard Nixon. Any other guesses? I just want to say Andrew Jackson, just because I think he, he would have been worth impeaching. But, Andrew Jackson. Uh, <laughs> I know it's not correct. Well, give it to us. I almost thought you, you were going to say it. The first president to have gotten impeached was Andrew Johnson. So you, you at least got the first name right. Very yeah, and I, Johnson and Richard are both slang for a dick, so I got that part right. <laughs> yes, very good, Jerry. What? What? Yeah. What? Together we figured it out. <laughs> you guys, do you guys know that commercial? Okay. Um, you, your kids, and your Johnson. What was that? Have you guys seen that commercial? I can't even remember what it was. No. There was some product in the 70s or 80s that was called a Johnson, and it was for boats or camping or something. It was like an outdoor thing. And the they it was called the Johnson, but the commercial made fun of itself for being called the Johnson. So they made a jingle about like going out camping with you, your kids, and your Johnson. Listen, 
look it up. I, it's funny. I wish I could remember what the actual product was, but now whenever I hear Johnson, I think of that commercial and that song that they sang. That's uh, that's that's marketing done right. Absolutely. Well, moving forward, speaking of Johnson, we're going to lay a little bit of groundwork information about Andrew Johnson, uh, you know, as a person, because I feel like he's one of the presidents that is, I, I would venture to say, more forgettable, one of the more obscure commanders in chief, uh, not the least because he came after the assassination of Abraham Lincoln, who is one of the most famous presidents in American history. And he had metaphorically and literally big shoes to fill when Lincoln was assassinated. But um, Andrew Johnson was had very, very humble origins. Talk about an underdog story. He was illiterate until his early 20s when his wife had to teach him how to read and write. He grew up an orphan and uh, ran a tailor shop for several years before running for public office. I think overall, as a public official, his reputation was pretty solid, although he was known for being a thin-skinned person. He did not take criticism very well. That wasn't too much of a problem for him until he was named Abraham Lincoln's running mate for the election of 1864 when President Lincoln was running for re-election. The reason that President Lincoln chose Andrew Johnson was because Andrew Johnson was unique for a Democrat. Abraham Lincoln was an abolitionist Republican, and it was unusual, of course, for people of two different political parties to be running on the same ticket. But Abraham Lincoln wanted to expand his coalition, so he chose Andrew Johnson to appeal to the Southern Democrats to increase his chances of getting reelected. And Andrew Johnson was a Democrat, but he also did not believe in slavery and wanted it to end. And that nece that wasn't necessarily because he shared in the abolitionist sentiment of everybody being created equal. To be clear, Andrew Johnson was rather racist. <laughs> Uh, but he believed that the institution of slavery itself was bad for the United States. And he believed that the Union had to remain whole and that the Confederacy had to be inducted back into America. So Abraham Lincoln chooses Andrew Johnson as his running mate. And he's installed as vice president until Abraham Lincoln was assassinated on Good Friday in 1865. And then all of a sudden... Andrew Johnson is the big one. <laughs> Bless you. Apologies. My goodness. Sorry. You're welcome, everybody at home. <sighs> I will mute next time if it happens again. So the thing is, Andrew Johnson, uh, I think he kind of, the, the uh, onset of the desecration of his reputation as a public official really started when Abraham Lincoln was delivering his uh, inaugural speech after winning the re-election. Uh, Andrew Johnson gave his comments in, in, in a drunken stupor, to say the very least. He unfortunately was quite addicted to the alcohol and was often seen in public at political functions, rather inebriated, and you can imagine that the general public didn't take the most kindly to such a display. So he didn't have the most solid reputation. And, you know, because he was kind of this person that was an outlier in terms of being a Democrat, uh, you know, he he wasn't much loved among Democrats for supporting the Union during the Civil War and for wanting to end the institution of slavery. But he wasn't much love among Republicans because he was a Democrat and because he wasn't an abolitionist in the sense of racial equality. Um, and when it came time for the nation to rebuild after the Civil War, Andrew Johnson disagreed with a lot of important people in Congress because, so let me kind of paint you a picture here after the union had been broken up and there was such a tumultuous period of time when that war was being fought, when the Confederacy uh, surrendered, there, had, there was a lot of work to do to control all the damage that had been done. And there was a lot of thought that was put into how much at a time uh, and to what extent the Confederacy would be woven back into 
America so that the so that the Union could become whole again. It wasn't a simple thing. It wasn't like the Civil War was over and then all of a sudden the nation was in one piece. It took a lot of work and a lot of thought and a lot of theory to kind of gauge how we were going to approach piecing everything back together. Does that make sense? So, yeah. So basically, um, there was sort of a, a, to make it as reductive as possible, there were people who wanted the Confederacy to be uh, slapped back on to the Union, no strings attached, just forget that the whole thing happened. And then there were other people that favored a more slow reingratiation. They wanted the individual states to abide by certain specific stipulations to be accepted with you know, all of the federal freedoms into the government. Um, and they, there were people that wanted the process to be slower, that wanted certain Confederate figureheads to be punished. Um, and Andrew Johnson, for one, was not in favor of punishing Confederate officials. He was not in favor of immediately enfranchising African-Americans. He was not in favor of there being a federal law to do so. He thought that the individual states should handle issues with civil rights, and he wanted to be very much like keeping the federal government out of that that socio-political problem. Um, and that was causing him to butt heads with the Republican Party in Congress. So all of these different facets put together kind of just made him a very controversial person and it increasingly isolated him from his political affiliations. And what Congress did was they kind of were setting him up to get in trouble by um, passing this bill that called the Tenure of Office Act, which basically said that the president is not allowed to fire anybody in his cabinet or any appointed individual without the Senate's approval. Before the president appointed their cabinet and then could get rid of them without any such formality. And that was a crucial separation and difference between the legislative branch and the executive branch. So what Congress has done is they're kind of blurring the legislative and executive lines a little bit and a lot of people didn't like how it challenged the separation of powers um and andrew johnson of course did veto this bill and it went back through congress and then got passed as a law above his veto so now he's stuck with this tenure of office act that says that he can't fire anybody without consent of the senate which was only in session for short periods of time sporadically throughout the year um so a lot of authority was taken away from him in that regard. And this is uh, Andrew Johnson is quite a, uh, you could say petty, maybe emotionally volatile individual. Um, he was upset by this undertaking. And so uh, guess what he did? I mean, go ahead and guess. Did he challenge somebody to a duel? Well, no, he didn't challenge somebody to a duel. That's a good guess. I'm a little bit White surprised thing. that he didn't. There were no lightsabers at the time. That would have been cool. But it always says a long, long time ago. Well, um, what I'm getting at, at here is Andrew Johnson was told that he was not allowed to fire anybody in his cabinet. And so what he did was he fired somebody in his cabinet. At the time, he inherited William Seward, I think, as the Secretary of War. Um, so he got rid of William Seward and replaced him with Ulysses S. Grant and did that all without getting the legally required approval from the Senate, which, because he now broke the law, was an impeachable offense. And he did that specifically to give Congress the middle finger. I mean, he wanted an opportunity for this new law to be legally challenged. So he was so motivated to fire somebody in his cabinet. Um, so then ultimately what happens, he got impeached in the House of Representatives. Then when it came to convicting him in the Senate, he lost. Oh, well, he didn't lose. The conviction lost like he ended up not getting convicted by just one vote. There ended up being 
just one vote that split the difference, so he narrowly, very narrowly escaped conviction. Um, and incidentally, this was very upsetting to Thaddeus Stevens, who was probably the most extreme progressive abolitionist in Congress at the time. And he was so upset by Andrew Johnson not getting convicted that he had to be physically carried out of the chamber. Um, Thaddeus Stevens was an emotional man. Yes, he was a he, he was quite explosive, to say the very least. Um, but that's the story of Andrew Johnson's impeachment. So he was impeached but not convicted. And to be clear, no president has been convicted yet. We're going to find out if Donald Trump will make history yet again in the coming trial in the Senate. Um, and I actually think um, what's interesting and what has everybody on their toes is that Mitch McConnell has said quite blatantly that he's thinking about being ostentatiously in favor of Donald Trump getting convicted, which is not the most solid uh, testimony, but it's a stark contrast to his reaction to the first time Donald Trump had gotten impeached when we all knew that the Senate was not going to convict Donald Trump and that the impeachment was not going to be supported by any Republicans. So uh, I don't know. I think that we need um, 16 or 17 Senate Republicans to approve of the conviction for it to actually pass. So uh, we'll see if that comes to fruition. Um, I'm I have no guesses as to how likely it is because things keep happening that I thought there was no way could ever happen. So I've given up trying to predict the course of events. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. um, but to be clear, I mean, I don't know what level of knowledge to assume people have about how impeachment works, but it's, you know, basically like after the House of Representatives votes on whether or not the president is to be impeached, the trial has to be held in the Senate and a supermajority of the Senate, two thirds has to then vote and you require the two thirds for the individual to be convicted and then they're opened up to criminal trials and depending on the initial charges, they may never be able to run for public office again. Oh, and it's a whole thing. It's a very dramatic thing. So what do you guys think of all that? I've just, I spent a lot of time talking. I want to hear somebody else say something. Uh, well, I don't say this often, but I hope Donald Trump makes history. <laughs> indeed, indeed. What are, you have any thoughts, JT? <clears throat> uh, yeah, um... So, um, by my standard, let me, there you go. By my standards, he doesn't need to breathe anymore. <laughs> um, I, I hope sincerely that, um, all of his pro presidential rights are revoked. I hope that he gets no secret service. I hope that he is allowed to drive a car. Not that I think he would. Uh, I hope that he gets no um, consistent income that would be afforded to him for mm -hmm. having served any any presidency at all. I he, hope that he, he would lose his pension. Yes, I hope that he is convicted on on every charge that he's brought up on. I hope that he pays dearly for his crimes and for killing nearly four hundred thousand people in America due to the coronavirus and his mishandling of the entire situation. I hope sincerely that that man um, burns to a crisp Ooh, at the stake. Tell me, JT, listen, just loosen up, buddy. Tell me how you really feel. I want to hear honest opinions. Don't hold back. It's okay. This is a safe Don't space. Up. Eat shit and die! <laughs> I was actually last week when we were talking about current events and stuff, I was like trying to temper my my usual volatility. I was like trying to be nice and even keeled about it. And listening back, I think I did OK. But now we have JT back in the room and I'm, <laughs> I'm realizing why did I even try? <laughs> why not just be transparent about how we feel? Honesty is the best policy. I feel like the people who would disagree with our opinions, not not disagree with the uh like the the extremity of the, the way they're expressed 
I can appreciate how someone could go, hey, man, you need to pump the brakes. You need to, like, smoke a joint, jerk off, and have a cup of coffee. Like, you need to relax. Yeah. I get it, okay, for sure. But um, I feel like people who would sit on the other side of the table aren't listening to this show. No, probably not. Um, I mean. You know, I don't think I want them listening to this show. Right, right, right. I, I actually think what's one of many interesting developments in recent times is how much, uh, how self-destructive the Republican Party has been. I mean, it is quite literally imploding and eating itself right now. And this was foreseen by many establishment Republicans when Donald Trump first came to be a high-profile candidate. And... Uh, it was Lindsey Graham, Trump's closest and dearest and most committed ally currently, or one of them, who in the beginning said that if Donald Trump were to get elected, it would be a harbinger for the destruction of the political party and that Republicans themselves would deserve it. Uh, and this is um, the first time, I think, since Donald Trump has risen to the forefront of the Republican Party that his like approval rating has gone markedly down uh and he's consistently held like a 98% or something uh, approval rating among republicans not overall but among republicans specifically and ever since january 6th i think now the last time i checked anyway it was like down to like 77% or something like it dropped 20 percentage points in a week so there's still far too many people too that support That's him much. still far too many uh, but it like after everything, what finally took people uh, both in and out of politics to jump ship was this thing that happened in Washington, D.C. And now we're really separating the 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 uh, fringe cultists uh, from the the people who are not that I don't know what to what to call the <laughs> from the Republicans from the. I guess like well that's the thing Donald Trump came along and really shook up the party platform because for the past several decades it's been mostly revolving around uh, fiscal responsibility and the open market and uh, the small government and that kind of thing and that was the, the primary discussion that when Trump came along he is not the most economically conservative president he's not certainly not as economically conservative in theory as Ronald Reagan had been, but he kind of switched the discourse away from focusing on the economic theorems of, you know, an open market and fiscal responsibility to like the discourse being like, uh, make liberals cry and, um, fuck BLM and fuck Antifa and fuck your feelings and, this, that, and the other thing, uh, and it became just fucking. very instinctive and visceral, and uh, not not as much to do with policy. That that's my observation. I don't know if everybody shares that observation, but from what I've seen, there's been a, a staunch decrease in the discussion about actual policy in political circles, and has become much more uh, just people living on the discourse about hating Mexicans and Muslims and Black people and. Uh, people who are not cisgendered and people who are not men. And so uh, and so I feel like, and, and forgive me if this comes off as a bold claim, I feel like politics in the United States for, for most of my, for most of my lifetime has not necessarily been about policy. It's been more so about human rights. Well, um, yeah, a policy which and I think human rights are our country, but like two different things. They're two different things, but they're not mutually exclusive. Do you think they should be? Yes, I think human rights should not be politics. I do think that. Um, but... Okay. Well, there is no but. Um, things like, you know, should women get paid as much as men? Should black people be protected under the same exact pretenses as white people by the judicial forces? Um, should gay people allowed to get married? These things are not politics these are civil human rights and they should just be by default because it's common fucking sense i guess what i mean when i say that um 
policy and human rights are not mutually exclusive is because the government's job is to look out for the best interests of its people and human rights are going to be inextricably woven into the responsibility of like preserving the well-being of society so the government has that job uh whether or not they succeed is like that's the question and that's where policy comes in you have to make sure that the policy is reflecting upon that intent um when you know you're hammering on laws that make it difficult or impossible for same-sex couples to adopt children or when your police officers are murdering unarmed black people uh, when there's a wage gap or a glass ceiling that is being perpetuated by a patriarchal society you can observe empirically that the government is not doing its job to protect and promote the well-being of its citizenry and if there's human rights being violated then there should be a political response you know and that would be that would be in the form of policy um so you know should it be political no um it ends up being politicized and that's really tragic hopefully we can live in a society one day where that's not the case and all of these things are guaranteed and automatic but for now we <laughs> we have to play with the cards that were dealt this is true yeah so that's my that's my take thank you for coming to my ted talk uh, here's the thing about go ahead go ahead well i was going to move on to talk about bill clinton but i want to hear what you were going to say I was just gonna say, here's the thing: fuck the government. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was all I had to say. Okay. That was really it. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, what do you mean okay. by the the government? You mean um, specifically the American government, or just the concept of government in general? The, no, no, the present governing body in the place where I live, the United States of America. And do you mean uh, every elected official in that body? Do you mean specifically Congress, or specifically one party, or like? What what's in your mind when you say that? Uh, to be so, I'll answer your question for sure. But to be very clear, I was just saying that kind of somewhat comedically. Um, yes. However, here we go. Here we are. I'll elaborate on that. Um, I don't necessarily mean any given elected official. Any any uh, internal body within the whole governing body, not Congress, not, you know, anything. I just mean the whole thing as a whole mm -hmm. in the sense that taxes come out of my paycheck every time I get paid to support a system that doesn't support me mm -hmm. the way that I deserve, let alone so many other people that yeah. are, are in a significantly more difficult position than I am. And that's not a cause I find to be just. Right. So for that reason, fuck them. Got it. Okay, cool. Absolutely. Fuck him to death. I just I asked that. I, I knew that you were being funny and that, that that's, a, you know, a colloquial statement. But I asked because people say that a lot. And I guess my first instinct is always uh, what is the conceptualization like that people have of the government when they say the government is bad? What exactly does that mean? I guess because that's operative for figuring out what can be done that is better, but that's, you know, a whole other conversation. For sure, for sure, for sure. Uh, anyway, well, speaking of questionable and corrupt things, the only other time a president has ever been impeached, besides Donald Trump and Andrew Johnson, was with uh, Mr. Uh, Willie, Willie, uh, Clint, Clinter, Clinternet. I saw this one meme on like Twitter or something where somebody took a picture of like, you know, the, when you go to connect to Wi-Fi, there's a list of networks. Uh, and in this neighborhood, one person's Wi-Fi was Bill Clinternet and one of their neighbors made it so their Wi-Fi was called Monica Lou Wi-Fi. Like they, they, uh, conspired to make it that way, which I thought was so funny. I wish I had neighbors that cool. <laughs> Willy clitoris. Yes. <laughs> well, this situation with Bill Clinton is a lot more contemporary and a lot, I don't want to say funnier. I mean, it's just different. Very different from Andrew Johnson. We can say funnier. It's kind you of laugh, funny. You'll cry. Come on. It's kind of it's funny. Right. Well, listen, everybody knows that um, Bill Clinton's impeachment directly was related to him getting a blowy from it was monica lewinsky right i mean there were other people but was it her that that really caused the trouble 
Or was it somebody else? Was there like a Jones? Like a anybody know? I I don't know for sure. For sure, pretty sure it was Monica. Listen, uh, bottom line, Bill Clinton did the did the thing, uh, cheated on his wife. Not unique to him as a president. We've had many presidents who have done that, uh, unfortunately. Uh, and the act of cheating on your wife, while massively condemnable in every moral facet uh, and a huge reflection on uh, the the grotesqueness of character and, you know, a pretty transparent display of commitment issues, uh, so many bad things. It's not illegal. For all those things, cheating on your wife, horrible, but not illegal. You can be a jackass and not be arrested for being a jackass cheating on your wife. So that uh, that wasn't the reason that the impeachment happened. Uh, when he was um, accused of sexual harassment and had to go on trial, there was what the uh, what his um, opponents called substantive evidence to suggest that he and other people were lying, uh, you know, while on trial and so he was impeached for perjuring in conjunction with the investigation of sexual harassment so that impeachment got through the house of representatives and then ultimately he was not convicted but out of the whole thing we got famously the quote uh i did not have sexual relations with that woman and I just love and hate that that is one of the primary things Bill Clinton will probably be remembered for as president. And playing saxophone. Yeah. Bill Bill Clinton plays a sax. Or animaniacs. So, um... What do you guys? What What are our thoughts here? What What do we think about? Did we say that Bill Clinton would survive the zombie apocalypse, or did we say that he would die? I don't remember. I don't remember what we said of anyone other than Andrew Jackson survives. That's we said that uh, Donald Trump would die in the first hour. I remember that, and we said that Obama would period. survive. And I think for some reason we said that Joe Biden would survive, but I'm still massively unsure about that. I think we ultimately decided it was inconclusive whether or not Joe Biden was surviving, but that we believed with the information that we had that he would, but we decided it was inconclusive. Okay. Fair mm -hmm. enough. Um, Makes sense. You'll have to forgive me. We don't normally start recording this late. Um, yes, this is a nighttime I'm, podcast. I'm a, little, I'm a little, little drinky. And that's fine. And we'd all judge you for it. I hope I'm not judged. I didn't think I was being judged, but I for sure thought that you're being judged now. Oh no! Were you gonna? Okay, all right. The lesser. God damn it! Were you gonna say something, or should we move on? Oh, probably. Um, <laughs> I was like so... waiting for actual english words to come out of your mouth so it has to be english now oh you one of those speak english or get out i you see can, where you are Amy. you can speak spanish if you want go ahead french german what'd you just say jerry um por eso reason. for this reason oh thank you uh aquí pero a ver el horno de las tortillas uh, open the tortilla oven? See, si. uh, uh, Jerry, I remember I found your YouTube channel. I watched your projects. Uh, in El Orno. <laughs> si. <laughs> uh, you're a fucking knob. Anyways, here we go. Basically, here we go. Basically, what I'm saying is... I kind of forget what we were talking about. Bill Clinton, uh... Oh, Willie Glitters! So basically, um, I don't remember what any of his policy was like. I don't think that he was a terribly remarkable president beyond the jazz and the infidelity. Uh, but, however, basically very much, a, I don't want him leading a, uh, a colony of ants, let alone a country. He's going to be 
fucking people that aren't his wife without his wife's permission. You fucking dong. Yeah. You fucking glass. You fuck. You fuck. You fucking empty wine. You fucking. You fucking used. You fucking nerf herder, dude. Right. You fucking swollen Jerry, piss hole. Take the microphone away from JT. I'd love to, but we all are not in the same place. Figure it out, Jerry. This Figure is what I out. like to call fun. I'm sorry, but freedom of speech and all that, you know. <laughs> He's free to Sorry. stay with unalienable rights. Listen, since you weren't here last week, I want your take on Donald Trump's t- Twitter getting deleted and Parler getting taken off of Amazon's hosting services and the Google Play app. This motherfucker got everything that ever came to him. And the fact that he didn't see it coming means that this man needed a new prescription for a motherfucking long time. His own vice president uses fucking electroshock therapy to change gay people from what they are. Fully said, nah, I'm switching sides, bro. I'm sitting on the other side of the table. There you got heated towels, sparkling water, and nookie. Which is to say gnocchi. Um, Basically, Mike Pence put up a Twitter banner. With Joe Biden and Kamala Harris winning the presidential race, he admitted defeat so fruitfully did, did in the face of this this <laughs> domestic terrorizer that we refer to as Donald Trump, the insider of violence, unhappiness, death, illness, and a unmarginal lacking in the quality of life. I don't know what this uh, 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 thing is that's new for me, okay, right? But what I'm getting at is... Getting Twitter deleted, getting taken off of Pinterest, and all other matter of fucking shit, which, by the way, defect the Pinterest people. The time, the fact that people got paid to say, Donald Trump, you're banned from pictures, is amazing to me. Fucking phenomenal! Fucking MAGA mood boards got removed from Pinterest. His DIYs, his red baseball cap DIYs are now deleted forever from the from the digital ether. Oh my goodness. (laughs) This man, listen, I would love, I would love to see this man strung up in the streets of Washington, D.C. No, no, no. Okay, let's not say illegal things. Uh, He didn't say he would do it. He said he would love to see it. Yo. So, Which is not all right. Let's yeah. not. No, no, no. I don't mean like hung. Oh, oh, oh. What do you mean? Just like strung up. Yeah, just like ah, I'm rubbed up and I'm suspended and I'm unhappy. Ah, like oh. that. That's not I'm sorry. What strung it, up for means. a moment, it sounded eerily reminiscent of like the conservative rhetoric about hanging Mike Pence, and I was like, whoa, let's not sound like them. Did you not know about no. that? No. We guys, Mm-mm. we don't want to murder anybody. We want to make that extra clear. We're not planning on assaulting or murdering any political figureheads as much as we dislike them. Murder <laughs> is wrong. Justice, however, is good. No justice, no sick. peace. Yeah. Um. So it, yeah, to answer your question, Donald <laughs> Trump be- being banned from Twitter, being banned from Twitter. The president of the United States, the leader of the free world, the man in charge of the most powerful military force ever known to the fate to, to anything ever in the known anything is banned from Twitter. <laughs> I love it. Okay. JT is I, I sleep better at night. My orgasms are more potent. Food tastes better. Water is crisp. The air fills my lungs in such a succulent way for having bore that knowledge. I may thank you for reminding me. This is my take. I hope you've taken from it. So Donald Trump getting removed from social media gets JT's stamp of approval. Let it be known. Are you at at all concerned? Call it a stamp or a stiffy. Whatever it is, it's great. What am I concerned about? Please go. Are you, Jerry, this question goes for you too. Are either of you at all concerned about big tech censorship and precedence for truncating the freedom of speech? 
Um, I'm pretty sure the whole reason is because he had an actual powerful following. Like, if I went on there, onto the Twitters, and I said something akin to that, I won't, I don't have, like, you know, half a nation reading what I say. Right. Uh, furthermore, having people that... Donald Trump's Twitter was banned because he incited violence on a national level. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, especially especially considering how unjustified the violence was, even even what you might, and I'm putting air quotes up, what you would even consider justified violence when um, uh, incited like that is, is wrong. That's not good. That's not good. I don't support it. So basically, um, it sounds I, like the take is uh, he as a public figure has a responsibility, and one of those responsibilities is not <laughs> doing illegal things on the internet. Uh, correct, and the fact that he did warranted his suspension and banning from from Twitter. Uh, I'm not worried about that type of censorship per se. To, if that answers your question, um, I, I I think that that was well warranted, and I feel like that kind of thing doesn't happen too terribly often, unjustified unless you're on like TikTok or some shit because they know kids are on it. But like otherwise, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I asked just. Uh on an impulse uh the conversation about freedom of speech would open a whole other can of worms i will say for my part i'm an advocate for freedom of speech of course uh, and i do think that platforms that host um you know th th that give channels for people spreading their opinions should have roles and stipulations and that you that it that it's better to live in a society in which people face consequences for uh planning or inciting violence on those channels that are hosted by those companies and also twitter is a company and not the federal government and they're within their rights to ban anybody they want from their platform whereas it would be more questionable if the federal government passed a law that led to the silencing of a voice which is what the freedom of speech in the first amendment protects against so jack dorsey did not violate the first amendment because this is his company this is a uh, social media this is not john adams the alien and sedition acts telling you that you can get prosecuted for publishing dissentious opinions in a journal this is this is different. Not a journal, a newspaper as a journalist, whatever, you know what I meant. Anyway, um, yes, can of worms. There's a lot of things to say about it. We can maybe talk about it later. I, I think for now we should reveal our truths versus lies. Um, I should not go first because I don't remember what I said. I have to think about it. Oh, wait, I remember so, what I said. Do, do, okay. do you want me to go first as yeah. usual? Uh, I kissed a... What did I say? I kissed a dog in France. A feral dog in France. A feral dog in France, yeah. Yeah, lie. You had to remember. Fuck you. Lie. Yeah, lie. Yes, I've never even been to France. Oh, I'm so excited to go to France. Aww. I'm so excited to go to France, guys. Come to France with me. I hear that the food is very good and that there's, like, no packaged. It's all produce and stuff, which sounds nice. That's most of Europe. Yeah. It's more expensive to buy processed food in Europe than it is, like, fresh food. Oh, God, America's such a joke. Doesn't that make sense? I know. Dude, look up look up the stuff that the FDA regulates versus the stuff that, like, the... I, I forget what the service is in um, in uh, the EU that, that does that. But, like, there is a whopping shitload of stuff that's on like the FDA's list of approval as far as like chemicals and substances and stuff like that, that is not approved like nearly worldwide beyond that. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I believe it. Oh, anyway. Yeah, no, you were, yeah, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have doubted necessarily that you went to France, but the fact that you, you had a hard time remembering what it was. I yeah, just no. couldn't remember that the That's dog. Fuck out of here. Feral and not a domesticated doge. And that was my critical error. Whatever. Clearly. Uh, mine was that I knitted a scarf. I totally buy that, Jerry. I totally buy that you knitted a I scarf. I feel like if it's a lie, it's going to be because it wasn't a scarf. It was actually a hat. Like, you're going to pull something like that. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> I didn't knit a scarf. I knitted a hat. It, it, verbatim. <laughs> that was Wait, it. You did knit a scarf? Fuck. Wait, what? I did not knit a scarf. I knitted a hat. I did I not it. knit a scarf. Oh my god! Hat. Yes! It was a hat. <laughs> I'm so good. I feel redeemed for having been clocked a second ago. <laughs> and JT? 
uh, that I passed three kidney stones in my lifetime. And mind you, I only started drinking water regularly like a couple years ago. Uh, I'm going with false. That sounds awful. I hope it's not true. Let me think about it for a second. Okay. I mean, it's un isn't it unusual for young people to have kidney stones? Or am I it's also unusual for young people to have heart problems like I have. What are your heart problems? I have hypertension. Oh. What's yours? <laughs> uh, I do not have any high blood pressure, anything like that. Um, but I have really bad heart medical history Aww. on both sides of my family. Um, so sometimes it'll be provoked by stress. Sometimes seemingly nothing at all. Um, but I worry that I have some form of arrhythmia. Um, mm. I'll get really bad um, heart palpitations, really intense pressure in my chest. It'll feel like an elephant sitting on my chest ridiculous sharp pain where like on the left side of your chest where conceptually your heart is tightness in my jaw really difficult time uh breathing uh like not not fatigue but like physical weakness like it's just harder to exert myself oh yeah those are straight up heart uh, without, attack symptoms like, like have you you haven't sure. that what have yeah. you been diagnosed with anything is it is it like a condition with a name or do you I've just been diagnosed Mm -hmm. I haven't been diagnosed with anything um, on account of my country not serving me. I can't afford to go to the doctor and get this figured out. Oh, gosh. Well, I'm very sorry to hear that. I hope that, that someday that, that gets amended. When um, I get to London, for sure. <laughs> yeah, when JT moves to Europe. Well, I guess I think you're lying. <laughs> I don't think you've passed three kidney stones. I for sure have not. No, I've never passed a kidney stone. Oh, okay. um, the worst Thank pain God. I've ever felt in my penis um, was uh, uh, a bend. And that's where I'll leave that. A oh, bend. Okay, well. Bending is not good. E on that note, everybody, thank you so much for listening. This has been Uncommon Sense. Tune in next week or whenever I get around to posting the next episode when we talk about something. I do not know what. And this goes out to you, Kyle. You, yeah. two years from now, listening to us, Kyle. Yeah. We know you, Kyle. That's right, Kyle. Yeah, fuck we, you, Kyle! Fuck we've you, been Kyle, watching you. you. We're gonna you get you. We're you gonna get you, Kyle. Well, thank you so much, Kyle. Uh, and everybody else. <laughs> okay, right. bye! Bye! Hey. Hmm.